Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. All right, it is Beyond the Ball. Welcome back for another episode. We keep on rolling, Coach Klump. How are you? Doing well. Middle of the week, ready to rock and roll. Feeling good? Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't get a chance to chat with you this past Sunday, so I'm excited to see what's new in the world of Newfane Athletics and Coach Klump. It's been, uh, I think we should probably start with the Bills, right? The Bills, while we're recording this, are now sitting at the top of the AFC East with another win over the Jets. How are you feeling about that? Good. And, you know, I, I want to apologize to all of our listeners out there. Last week, you brought up the subject of the Bills, and I just dismissed it super quickly. And uh, uh, after self-assessing, my, you know, I said that I was – sore loser I was. So, you know, from now on, no matter if they win or lose, we'll, we'll chat it up about the Bills. And uh, fittingly, they they did come away with a win. And I think what a lot of people, especially around Buffalo, dismiss is how hard it is to win in the NFL, no matter who your opponent is. I know they're getting a lot of grief because they couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Um, but if you really di- dissect the game and how they're starting to handle teams that are running zone coverage on the offense, it was nice to see them make the proper plays and the great, the better decisions were made by Josh Allen. And I think uh, that's lost in, in the final score of this game. Yeah, I think, you know, watching it, it was definitely for me hard to watch in terms of you just want them to score touchdowns like every time, right? right. And I think when I get to watch the Buffalo Bills as a coach – I try to watch them as a fan, but also as a coach. And it's conflicting ideology sometimes because a lot of the times I'm saying to myself, well, that's the right play. That's the right decision. Mm-hmm. A win's a win, 18 nothing. You know, but then as a fan, I'm like, I just want them to bury the team they're playing. And when they don't do it, I'm left a little bit wanting. I'm like, I think they could have did better there. And but what I think you said, I'm just going to echo that back. Like, it is so hard to win at every level. I mean, even the coaches at the college level and high school level that we talk to on here, mm-hmm. winning games is a hard thing to do. And I can't even imagine being at the professional level in the yeah. NFL. That separation those, is. Yeah, those margins are so tiny between wins and losses. And so, hey, man, I'm just going to ride it. I, I, I'll i be honest, I'm having a, a very difficult time with my fantasy football teams <laughs> Um, and my survivor pools, yeah. I think literally the only thing I am holding on to right now is, is cheering for the Bills to have the best season they possibly yeah. can. So I'm just going to embrace it. I'm just going to embrace it and love it. But yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm I'm hoping this week is Patriots week when yeah. we're recording. So Patriots it's a big and Yes, it certainly is. And uh, now what everybody in Western New York is is waiting to see is if we can dethrone them. Um, at least for this game. It, sure. It, uh, any Patriots fan is going to tell you, you know, a variety of things. Who knows? It, maybe this this season doesn't even count or whatever they want to think. But um, this is a huge week for, for Buffalo and all of the fans around Washington, New York, because they have just owned us, pummeled us on, you know, this seems going back to like 15 years, all, all the Brady years. Yeah, and, 20, and, 20 oh, I think it is. Hopefully this is the time to dethrone the Patriots in the AFC East. Yeah, so when this episode drops for all our listeners, we're going to either be really happy 
uh, that we're listening to this or we're going to be a little frustrated that maybe there's a loss that has occurred. So um, we'll be all right either way, I think. Coach, celebrations this week? Yeah, I've got a a celebration and and it's – we're praying that the season – for ourselves and our athletes and all the athletes throughout the country and especially in, in New York get to participate in the sport that they love. Um, so my celebration this week is going out to those student athletes that are 100% honest that they are on their grind. Now, growing up thinking grind, I think of my father, a dairy farmer who worked every day 12 to 16 hours a day. And many times never took a day off, not on Easter, not on Christmas. And most people today, when you when they say that they're on their grind, what I think about is that they probably overslept. They just put their phone down from checking social media and they're now finally getting to work. And that's because they're getting to work when they feel like it. I know this is a concept that we talk, they talk about at PGC. And they're finally feel like getting work done. Now I'm talking about those that are putting their actions over their feelings type of people because that's the separator right now. We have so many people that are feelings over actions people. So if you're out there making time to get your work in no matter what, no matter what your schedule consists of, and you're doing everything you can to prepare for when those lights go on, that's my celebration this week. Yeah, that's a that's a great celebration. And especially given the timing of when this episode might drop, we might be staring our season right in the face. I, I'm going to celebrate um, those that are getting in because there are a bunch of people that can't. And so my celebration might dovetail into yours and in that I'm going to celebrate those that want to um, and are going to need to find a way to do it because of maybe gym restrictions or not being able to find a place. We live in the Western New York area. So getting outside and getting to a hoop outside is not really an option uh, right now. I mean, it can be done for sure, but quality reps are probably not going to happen in 30 degree weather with rain. So, Mm -hmm. you know, getting into a gym is not necessarily an option. So Celebrating those that are finding a way, like you said, not necessarily basketball-wise, but at least staying mentally prepared. We're actually talking with a coach tonight on this episode from Lead Em Up, um, who talks about being like a toaster uh, and that good leaders are always ready um, and prepared for action. They're not, they're not waiting. They're not behind the ball. Um, they can heat up quickly. when As soon as the action starts, they're ready and engaged and ready to get after it. And so we might dive into that a little bit with Kyle tonight as we talk about lead them up. Um, but I think that that's such an important aspect of this time period that we're in and your celebration as well. So anybody that's acting like a toaster out there and maybe ready to lead their team immediately, they've been doing the work to get ready. Uh, those people are definitely worthy of the celebration. I'm also going to piggyback on that. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about I had some of my son's buddies over and we were in a flag football league to kind of fill the void while all their sports have been canceled. And it's just been an amazing experience over the last two months, kind of hanging out with these 12 and 13 year old boys, just getting together to do fun things and hang out and be with their buddies. Tonight we had a little reception, if you will, after practice, we got some pizza and then they played like hide and go seek or something, you know, just putting the sports away and just being friends And uh, I celebrate youth that can just make those connections and be in person and interacting. And so that was just 
a nice refreshing moment, dad moment, if yeah. you will, for me. Sit back. And um, yeah, just kind of enjoy that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, I'm really excited, though, to talk to Kyle tonight and get it started. We always end oh, this intro part with a with a verse. You got something for us tonight? Yeah, sure. I'm going to Psalm 16:8 today. It says, "I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken." And to me, this message is hope. This message is trust, and this message is most importantly faith. You know, life is a mystery. There'll be storms. There'll be trials. It can sometimes be messy. But together, you can turn that mess into a message, those trials into triumph, and as long as you trust, you can take that courage from all those events that have rocked your life and help it shape it in return. Wow, that was good. That is, I'm gonna write, I got to write that one down. Turn the mess into a message. That was, um, those words kind of rang true to me. Isn't that so true, though? Everything we've talked about since episode one of this podcast about COVID, I can't wait for the episode where we don't have to talk about COVID anymore, but mm. you know what I mean? But this is, grand this event. is, you know, this is so true. Like uh, this is just a mess and just embracing that. And, uh, as Sam Allen, who's one of our PGC guys would say, uh, you know, you got to embrace, embrace the, the suck, suck. <laughs> just yeah. embrace the suck and keep your eye on the prize. And I think if everybody Let it strengthen like, you, yeah. But, and you know, the eye on the prize, I think is, is, is following the Lord and, if you do that, I think a lot of this other stuff kind of goes by the wayside. So I think that's a super strong message. Uh, I know Kyle Elmendorf is coming in to talk with us from Lead Him Up. So I think we should get moving on to that. What do you think, Coach? I would love to. Let's do it. All right, let's go. We're going to get stopped for a break here. And then when we come back, we'll have Kyle with us. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out our other coaching-focused podcasts, including the CoachMaze.com podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. We're also building our stable of NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, and X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, guys, welcome back to the Beyond the Ball Podcast. We are finally joined by Coach Kyle Elmendorf. Coach, am I saying your last name correctly? Yes, Elmendorf, you got it. Oh, that's perfect. Well, Coach, thank you so much for coming on with us. A little bit of technical difficulties, but we appreciate you working it out for us. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm grateful to be here with you guys tonight. Excited to uh, dig into some things with you. All All right, right, Kyle. Like Coach said, welcome. You know, um, Justin and I are huge fans of Lead'em Up. We love their mission and their material. So can you just give us a a background of how you got um, involved with Lead'em Up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my background as a coach, I started really heavy in the football and basketball was my main sport growing up. I loved it, had a passion for it. And then in high school, fell in love with football. And one of my main goals was to be a head football coach. And, you know, things just didn't work out with a couple of interviews that I had. I was a finalist, didn't get jobs and so on. And then it really reignited my passion back for basketball. 
And all the while, when I was like a lower level coach, freshman in JV, I found myself always leaning more towards the character and the leadership side of coaching than the actual X's and O's. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I still really liked game planning. I love that part of it. But working with the, the teams each year, I found myself devoting more time each week to develop a weekly theme and, and some lessons that I wanted to give them and, and putting some movie clips together and so on. And it was, you know, it was kind of like a really ragtag thing. And for a couple of years, I would just build off of it, but it, it wasn't really what I wanted. And lo and behold, one summer, I was taking a trip up to the Coaching You Clinic in Indianapolis, I think at Valparaiso. And I remember it's right when the Hardwood Hustle came out with Adam and Alan. And driving up there, I was listening to all the first couple episodes. And I said to myself, like, I really found myself identifying with Adam and the points that he was making. And I, I remember driving in the car and literally saying, I'm going to be friends with that guy one day. And um, so I just kind of started, like, you know, creating a dialogue on some of their posts on the hardwood hustle and following along, following the journey, giving them feedback and just trying to create a connection or a relationship. And then lo and behold, Adam came out with lead him up. And at that time I was coaching at a school in Missouri called orchard farm. And I was the head girls basketball coach there. And as soon as I, I knew that he was coming out with that and I had heard about it on the hardwood hustle, I was like, man, I'm all in, I'm going to do this. And I think I signed up for it the first year and loved it. And he was kind of in that first kind of pilot phase with everything and figured out or found out through talking with him that his wife's family was from St. Louis. And Adam came down and he presented to our team and it was awesome. And we kind of struck up a friendship and a connection over about two years of him visiting St. Louis and us connecting and, um, we went out to dinner a couple times with uh, Adam and his wife, Samantha, when they were in town with my wife. And Angie, my wife, told me one time after the last time that we went out to dinner, she's like, well, why don't you just ask Adam for a job? Like, you guys have so much in common. <laughs> you, you actually, you have a passion for right. leadership and lead them up. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And, you know, he called like three weeks later with an opportunity and that was, you know, about three, four years ago and, and we've been going ever since. So that's kind of the, the condensed version, but all kind of started with a road trip and then just making the connection on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, the social media coach and I have talked a bunch about how social media can be kind of a, a cesspool sometimes, but there are so many positive connections that can be brought out of it as well. So, how long have you been at Lead 'em Up? You said about three or four years. And then what's like your role right now? What what part do you play in it? Yeah, we're going on almost four years now at this point. And I kind of serve as director of like media relations, communication. Um, I onboard all of our new members and handle a lot of our, our social media posts, content, and a lot of our online content as well. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Go ahead, Coach. Yep. So, Coach, um, you know, for any of our listeners that are not familiar with Lead'em Up, can you just kind of give them a, a basic overview of what the mission statement for Lead'em Up is? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we've kind of taken the whole role of leadership in sports and we've really tried to kind of flip it on its head, so to speak, because there's so much that's out there. 
So I would say, you know, our mission in Lead Them Up is to give coaches the tools and the resources and take the work off their plate where they can implement a curriculum that's fun, dynamic, engaging, that's going to transform their players uh, into the leaders needed to win. It's going to give them a special team culture as well. So, um, you know, with COVID, we, we've managed and we've done a, you know, a really good job of kind of converting a lot of our curriculum and a lot of our lessons and the way that they can be delivered to a virtual setting. But um, obviously, we do a lot of live training as well. But our, our digital vault is kind of like, you know, um, where, we, where we have everything where coaches can go into, they get access and they can run their team through our program. Coach, that digital vault, I actually just joined probably about two months ago. Uh, I stumbled onto it through social media and was in the same boat. How, you know, during COVID, how do you connect to your athletes and how are we doing this? And I just got into lead them up and I think you guys might have had a sale um, on, on your membership, right? Cause it was an yeah. anniversary or something. Mm-hmm. And, and what a, what a, I mean, in terms of like divine intervention for me, that was great. Cause I'm by nature a cheap person anyway, but that just made it like so irresistible. Uh, my one spending habit is on basketball resources. And then when I saw that, I was like, I got to do it. But that vault has just been truly amazing. I, if, if you don't mind, I want to dig in maybe yeah. just a part of that. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that I found um, truly like powerful is the followership series that you guys just pushed out yes. and some of those things. And if you could just kind of go behind the scenes a little bit with some of those activities and what the thought process was there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, A great question. I appreciate, you know, the feedback too, as well. We love to hear that. So it's kind of one of those things where we're always thinking um, along the lines of of how can we do things that, you know, are memorable and, and how can we create things that are sticky with the kids these days and really give, you know, like we said, you know, leadership a different kind of take than, than what most people might think it is. So it kind of came with the idea of, you know, rotational leadership, you know, in in that all of us are going to have to follow at some point, but no one's ever really taught how to effectively follow the leader, so to say. And it kind of really came along the lines of having three exercises off of that. And, you know, one of them is thank the passer. And kind of the, the idea behind that is, you know, let's say I'm a sophomore on the team and, and you're a senior and you're doing your best to be a leader and you're, you're trying to give me wisdom and you're trying to, to lead me along the way. Am I actually acknowledging you and your efforts? Am I nodding or giving, you know, any type of symbolic gesture to you of approval or acknowledgement? Am I telling you thank you along those lines? Because, you know, when you receive that, you're going to be encouraged to continue to do it. And one of the things that Adam put out today, what I I thought was brilliant in our Facebook group for coaches was that, you know, if you have a negative response to someone leading you, then they're going to take that in a negative way and they're not likely going to continue leading you. If you respond positively, they're going to respond in a positive manner and they're going to continue to pour into you. They're going to continue to want to lead you. But if you respond in a neutral way where you don't give any acknowledgement whatsoever, right, right then you're leaving that up to interpretation. And when that happens, you know, most of the time you're going to lean negative. So I think the pastor is just a way to kind of encourage that. Um, 
We have another exercise that's called First Like, and this one kind of really hits with the kids today because it's a thing on social media, especially Instagram. It's a thing on YouTube to where, you know, if they're following an influencer or a celebrity or an athlete, you know, it's a thing out there where people are competing to be the first like or the first comment on someone's post. And so the idea behind our first like exercise with followership is, you know, who can be the first one? You know, we, we say that leadership is only good if people follow. Well, um, on the, you know, with that, how do you build momentum? So this creates an environment where the leader is going to have confidence and that confidence is going to build. And then they're going to be able to take their leadership to another level um, through that exercise. So, you know, we just kind of pitch it to where, you know, imagine how much momentum you'd have if not just one follower was following, but you had a whole group of teams. So it's trying to get the, the, the kids or, you know, the athletes to compete in a positive way and who can, you know, be an encourager for their leaders there. Yeah, I love this concept because you think of what many young players think about um, when they think leadership and captains and influence and they think, all right, I'm a younger player. I shouldn't be involved. I should take role from what the older players sh should do. But I love the concept of, of getting everybody involved. Uh, again, we're just trying to create a, a team atmosphere where everybody chips in no matter what grade they are or what age they are. And it seems like with this program, it puts those steps in place for to give everybody a voice. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the powerful things is we, we, we talk about, you know, creating a special culture. And I think a special culture is only created if what you just described is present. So how do you do that? And it, it comes from exercises like that. And it comes from celebrating everyone on the team, no matter what their role is. And when you can kind of take a team through this, they can see that it is cool to do that. It, something is created that's bigger than yourself. You know, a lot of times we talk about or we hear that cliche in sports, you know, you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Well, how do you do that or what are you doing? And so I think through our curriculum and through our, our digital vault here, I, you know, being a teacher and a coach myself, there's so much, only so much time in the day that a coach has to do this. And I think the, the vast majority of coaches want to have a program like this but they just don't have the time or the resources to put it together. And that's why we exist is to help coaches create that environment that they want. And when that happens, usually their teams win at a higher rate and people have a lot more fun doing it. Yeah. Speaking of celebrations, um, attending a PGC camp was the first time where I was educated on celebrating student athletes in a variety of different ways other than just like on the court or off the court in the classroom. And can you just elaborate on the different ways that your program might celebrate your athletes? One of my favorite ways that we do it is through our exercise called Me, We, You. And I, whenever I take a team through Lead Em Up, whether it's one of the teams I'm coaching or working with another team, I like to start with that early on and then every time we meet, lead off with it. And so kind of it sets the tone for our culture of celebration because what you're doing is you have to get up in front of the team and you're picking out something that you want to celebrate about yourself, something you're proud about yourself that last week. So that's the me part. Uh, the we part 
is collectively, what are, what are you proud of that we've done in the past week together? What's something that we can celebrate as a group that we've accomplished or overcome? And then my favorite of that is the you part, because I like standing behind the person or off to the side of the person that's presenting in front of the team and watching a teammate's face after someone calls them out and praises them is priceless. It's why, it's why you coach because you see that kid's face light up and more than, than them maybe making a winning shot or, or catching a pass late in the game for a touchdown or something like that, being called out and celebrated in front of your teammates lifts that person's esteem up. And uh, I just, I love that look on their face, whether it's guys or girls, they all do the same. It is, um, you know, kind of that, you know, that energy just kind of compounds in the room there. So I'd say that's one of the foundations that we do. And then every exercise is just built off of engagement, enthusiasm, and making sure that everyone's involved and that we're all in this together. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because when we started celebrations um, at the JV football level, it was interesting. I did the same thing, kind of sat back and watched the players digest it. But even more interesting was what the celebrations were about because a lot of the players were waiting for celebrations about catches or plays that they made, but they were getting celebrated for simpler things like being there for them when they dropped a ball, um, seeing that they were hustling on the field, hustling off the field, good eye contact. So it was really an educational tool for the players getting celebrated as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point that you bring up is, um, you know, a lot of times you think that the kids would want to be celebrated or just acknowledged for a stat line, but um, it's those little things that go a long way. And then when that happens, I think that really reinforces your message as a coach without you having to do it yourself. It's kind of like they're speaking for you. Yeah, coach. I mean, the lead them up and I appreciate you diving into some of that for our listeners. I've had I've done some webinars with Adam and um, I just the more I dive into it as I start the school year, especially with COVID, I'm using it with my seventh grade students even. Um, not just my athletic teams, but the idea of in this time where Coach Klump and I up here are getting ready to hopefully start our basketball season here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but we haven't really had any contact with our athletes, or at least how we normally would. So right. one of the activities that I really like that I've stumbled onto is the toaster, uh, yeah. which is about being it's about being ready. Can you just dive into that and maybe? elaborate how that could be useful in a time like this where coaches don't necessarily have all the great contact with their kids that they normally do? Yeah, thanks. No, I appreciate you uh, you bringing that up again. So, um, you know, the toaster is, is a really fun exercise and it's something to keep people on their toes. You know, that's kind of why the, the name where it comes from is, you know, it's, it's kind of like the hot seat, so to speak. So, we, we kind of, you know, pitch it to the kids when we're getting ready to get going is like, you know, a lot of times player will walk up to another player and be like, are you ready? You know, and they're like, yeah, I'm ready. Or a coach will be like, are you ready? And then your know, answer is like, yes. So sometimes the answer is yes, but it's not always true, right? And so what we want to do, and you bring up a great point is right now we're not able to maybe be in person, you know, with your team, but this is something you can do virtually with your team to where you can try to get them to focus on being prepared and take pride in being prepared. You know, a lot of the times we'll hear in sports the, the value of mental reps, right? 
Well, that's never been more apparent than now. What if all of a sudden we get thrown into a season, you haven't had much face-to-face time or practice time, the team that's going to win is the one that's more connected, right? And the team that has a built-in relationship going into that season is going to have the advantage because you know you can throw the plays out the window. It's going to be how well a team plays together and how well they're connected. So the toaster really evaluates the player's level of readiness, you know, their ability to stay engaged, and it, it does a great job of helping athletes develop that skill of quick thinking. Right. We always want we always say that we you know the less someone has to think in a game, the faster they play. Well, you gotta get reps at it, right? You know, and that's kind of one of the things in the taglines that we say is, you know, get reps. And so what the toaster does is it really takes um, uh, you know, you, you'll split the team, you'll split, you know, let's say you have a, a group of 10 or 20 people, and then you'll split that group up, you know, into several smaller teams. And then you give them a topic and, you know, of that topic, they've got to be able to respond in a certain way to the list of topics and they're timed. And then it goes from round to round and, and it, you know, there's different rules on it. So, you know, it's, it's putting those guys and girls in a hot seat and being able to say, you know, if you get five answers, you know, you might not be there the next round. You got to keep going. So, um, that's kind and of I, just the real broad overview of the toaster and, and why we created it. Yeah, and what I like about it so much, um, and Coach Comp and I, where Eric and I were just talking about this in the intro, you know, trying to celebrate some of our athletes that are like on their grind, right? That are getting ready for the season, even though we're not working out with them. And to me, this is dovetails perfectly with that. You know, this idea that a lot of kids are saying and telling their coaches, yeah, I'm ready, coach. I've been working, but have they really been working, you know, and getting ready? Every athlete has a different definition of ready. And so I think any way that we can just highlight with our kids or with our athletes or with our students, like, what is your level of ready? Is ready for you like you're here and you're awake or is ready like you're ready to like make some shots as soon as you step on the floor or get the homework done as soon as you get home? Like... Those things to me are just so um, profound and immeasurable. I just, I can't wait to share them with my students. So I just appreciate it on multiple levels as a dad, as a teacher, as a coach. Uh, it's really powerful stuff. Yeah, I think that's the great dynamic of what Lead em Up is, is it can be transferred across all those different platforms. And, and you know, the, the teachings are, are different in the, in the sense that, we we've really kind of created a unique language that's really just lead them up's language. And um, when you use that, you can quickly bring back the theme to the athlete. You can use a phrase from one exercise or the other, and all of a sudden they're going to remember why you did that or what the takeaway was from that. And so I think that's another really powerful thing is you can transfer that from the field to the classroom to at home or, you know, really wherever you're at, we're seeing it now in the corporate space too, is this, this applies there as well. Yep, just the sticky language, the short little um, catchphrases are so – it's just so good. It's so, so, Kyle, good. What, what would your approach be for a coach who, who might come across some of their athletes that are the higher-performing athletes but might think that they're above doing some of these exercises with the team? Right. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately – you're always going to see it at, a, at any level someone that, you know, kind of the steal a PGC phrase sometimes is too shy or, or too cool, right? 
And, um, you know, really what, what we see now is look at the professional sports right now and look at the teams that are winning and the ones that are having a high level of success have a high level of leadership on their team. Whether that's at the collegiate level, at the professional level, you can look at, you know, Dabo at Clemson and, you know, the leadership that's been there. You can look at that at Alabama and you can look at, you know, um, LeBron this year with the Lakers in the bubble. You can look at the leadership of Eric Spolstra getting that team to the NBA finals and how those players, you know, were all leaders on the court. And, you know, you can say the same thing about like Sue Bird and the WNBA, her leadership and getting that team to a title. And so I think that's kind of where we, we go is we, we point out the things that they see and hear the most and try to draw the parallels there and say, you know, talent is going to equal out at some point. But what we try to get them to understand is that the players who have talent but also possess a good level of leadership are going to get the first scholarships. And coaches want those players above that. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. So, Coach, we've obviously kind of started with the end here a little bit, talking about what you're currently doing with the lead em up. So how did – what's your coaching background? And you, you mentioned a little bit early on that you coached at the younger levels. What, what really got you into coaching at the beginning of this whole journey? Yeah, so I come from like a family of, of, of coaches. My dad coached me all throughout like – middle school youth basketball all the way up into to high school was one of my basketball coaches. And when I got to high school, my uncle was my football coach, which brought its own unique set of challenges because of, you know, having an uncle as your head football coach. But I would always work youth camps and um, doing so during the summer, I just liked coaching and, and being an athlete and growing up around the sport and learning lessons, you know, about life and how that can carry through and how it helped me. I just wanted to be a part of that. I didn't, I couldn't picture myself not being a part of sports. So that was kind of the motivating factor going into college and then getting a degree and then getting into coaching. So um, I started coaching as soon as I, I was student teaching. I coached freshman boys basketball at my alma mater and freshman football that year while I student taught. And then after I graduated, I got my job at a school called Orchard Farm High School in St. Charles, Missouri, not far from where I grew up. And there I coached everything from everything on the football end of it. I coached freshmen, offense, defense, special teams, JV, all of that, was offensive coordinator for varsity football, um, interviewed for a couple of head football jobs and thankfully didn't get them. At the time, I wasn't so... Uh, 
happy about it, but I think now that it, it worked out the way it should have and, and obviously coached basketball during that time period and ended up before moving to Florida, I was a head girls basketball coach for eight years. So coach, what any stark differences that you can see between the girls game and the boys game? I, I was so biased about girls basketball going into it before coaching. I'll be honest. And I always told the girls that because I have three younger sisters and, and growing up, you know, being the older brother, you were always like dragged kicking and screaming, right? I was never one to go there. It's like, oh man, I got to go watch my sister play. (laughs) And then um, I never knew if I wanted to coach girls, but you know, the opportunity presented itself and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I never had as much fun in my life as I did, you know, in those eight years coaching girls basketball. It was an absolute blast. So, I mean, really the only thing different is at the high school level is just the, the height at which the game's played as far as, you know, boys basketball's played more at the rim. Girls has played a little bit below it. But those girls work just as hard, and a lot of them are just as skilled, and they want to be coached. They work hard, and they can play some really good basketball. And so the thing I really loved about it, it the game was pure in the sense like sometimes you can you can coach boys – and coaching boys now, again, down here in Florida, you can have a couple guys on a team that can take over a game. And you can still have that same thing at the girls' level. But I really just enjoy, like, coaching the game and it not having, you know, everything extra that comes along with coaching coaching the guys. There was, you know, a little bit less drama, to be honest with you, coaching the girls. It wasn't, you know, I was blessed to have a great, great group, great run, and some good coaches that I worked with. But, um as far as my approach to coaching girls, it wasn't any different than coaching boys. So you got? Do you guys have a guys and girls have a shot clock down in Florida? No, I was hoping so when I moved down here, but no, unfortunately not. Didn't have Did, one. Was in there one in Missouri? Either. Oh, there was not. No. Oh wow, that's interesting. So you start out in Missouri and you find yourself at Southeast High School just. About 40 minutes away from Tampa, what prompted the move? I know we were talking off air, but I, I really want to hear this story. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of how it was a lot of faith and it was a lot of God opening doors and us walking through there and then the next one opening off of that. So, you know, if you kind of maybe give you a little condensed version, but I think it's a, just a really good story of, you know, kind of following a dream, so to speak. So, my wife and I had always loved to travel and we love the water and we love the ocean. And obviously you don't get very much of that in Missouri. So a few years ago, this is probably three and a half years ago, we took a vacation and stayed down in Sarasota, Florida and loved it and had a great time with our boys. We had, you know, been going to Mexico and things like that with them, but we wanted to try different places and, you know, we couldn't really leave the country and take our boys to stay at a, you know, an all-inclusive in Playa del Carmen or something like that. So we're like, eh, let's give Florida a try. And the day before we left, her and I were sitting out on the beach watching the sunset. And we're like, why do we keep going back? And so it just kind of planted the seed. And we were kind of half joking and we kind of, you know, kept it to ourselves. And then, the, you know, we just kept talking about it. Like, why don't we just do it? We don't want to be someone that just talks about something and never does it. And the following year, it was our 10-year anniversary. 
So her and I took a, a quick little trip down here and stayed at an Airbnb with a couple who's, you know, older than us, but they, you know, live in Sarasota now and they've become really good friends of ours. And we scouted the area out and we basically drove up and down Sarasota, Bradenton, down the Fort Myers and said, could we do this? Could we live here? And, and the answer was yes. So we went into that next basketball season thinking that we were going to try to, to make the move after that next year. And, you know, this is kind of where, where the God story comes in for us is, you know, a year or two prior to that, I had grown up Catholic and my wife really wasn't, you know, into faith that much at all and, and didn't really go into anything. And we had a neighbor that was fortunate, you know, we were fortunate enough that they invited us to a Christmas Eve service at a local Christian church. And it was different than what we had been trying because we've been trying several different Catholic churches and it just, you know, it wasn't clicking and it wasn't, you know, for us at that time, no knock against it or anyone, you know, who is, but it, you know, it wasn't building the relationship or the connection that I had wanted or she had wanted. And so we started going to that church and, you know, a few months later, you know, my wife dedicated her life to Christ and mm -hmm. I, I got baptized with her again. And that summer, she was in a bad, two bad car accidents in, in like a matter of, you know, a couple months to where she was rear-ended at highway speed two times. And she was on the verge of having a major back surgery. And luckily, we found out um, about stem cells through somebody, through a connection at a church. And that ended up saving her from having to have major surgery. And, you know we were at the point where those accidents had drained us financially. And we're like, what are we going to do? How are, because one of them, we got hit by an uninsured driver who was driving his friend's car. And so unfortunately we had to eat some of that cost. And we're like, how are we going to make this happen? You know, what is going to happen? And then at church, we started hearing a message about tithing and we had not tithed before. And, after those two accidents and after the, you know, paying out of pocket for stem cells and all that, we we're like, we don't have any other choice but to tie it. Like we, we've tried everything and obviously this is not working out right now the way that we want it to. So we're just going to go ahead and tie it, even though we don't know how this is going to happen. And so the month we decided to start tithing, she had gotten a call on a job offer from one of her biggest clients and and she had been kind of tugged around at, at her current job at the time and was promised things and it wasn't coming to happen and sure enough we, we decided okay we're going to tithe this job comes along which allows her to work from home gives her you know that flexibility and ultimately more money in salary and so we're like all right that, that that's checked off the box. We don't have to find her a job because she's, she's allowed to work from home. And, you know, we kept praying about it. And after basketball season got over in February of 2019, we had to get our house ready to put on the market. And we, we put it on the market and we're like, all right, if it sells, it sells, you know, whatever happens, it's meant to be. We're just going to pray, put it in God's hands. And it sold the first day that it was on the market. Wow. So we're like, oh man, we got to hurry up and book a trip to Florida because we don't have a house in 30 days and I don't yeah. have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So we came down here, um, had a whirlwind tour. I was fortunate to get connected at Southeast High School and, and, you know, really connected with the principal there. Got a job there and, um, you know, we found the house. And, and part of that was, you know, kind of the last pieces of that, you know, whole God story is, is we didn't, we didn't know what we were going to do because the house had just sold and during spring break, flight prices and everything gets jacked up and we had to bring our boys with us. And we're like, I don't, we, you know, how are we going to book this trip to go get a house and a job and tithe this month? And my wife said, I don't know. What, do, what should we do? Should we just not tithe this month? So I was like, no, we're not going to not do that. It was like, let's just tithe and we're going to have to figure it out. We're just going to, something will happen, something will work. And I kid you not, the next day, she woke up that morning and no one really knew what was going on because we had, we had played things close to the vest and kept it to ourselves. But she opened up her email and she had received a bonus from her boss for the exact amount that we needed to pay for the trip. And she started crying. She called them and was like, is this a mistake? Like, what happened here? And it's like, no, I just felt like I needed to bless you and, and I hope you have it. And I'm like, wow. So, like, all the things that needed to happen happened because, you know, number one, we got deeper into our faith. Two, we started to tithe and it opened up doors with her job and getting things in motion. And then we just kind of followed and put it in God's hands after that. And, you know, it was a dream of ours to, to move down here. And, you know, we haven't looked back ever since. What a story. Coach, that is, um, yeah, absolutely an amazing story. Yeah. I just think the thing that. What courage. Yeah, I just got goosebumps listening to that. It's so when you get down there um, and you find this job and get settled in, um, where where do you go from there in terms of your family and finding balance and finding rhythm? Has it been easy for you or has there been a plan to kind of work that out? It's, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a challenge at first. I mean, it, you know, we were in heaven when we first got down here because we moved down in June. So school was out and things are great. So we had two months to go, you know, to the beach and, and play. I mean, when we're not, we work pretty hard in the week at, at our jobs, but on the weekend, you know, that's our time with our family and, and we make the most of it going out and exploring and, and being on the water. But I, it definitely took some time to find a rhythm down here. School is much different down here in Florida for our boys than it was in Missouri. So that took a while to adjust to. And in finding friends down here, we've been blessed to make some great friends now, but the first six months or so, you're really just trying to find your way. You're trying to figure out everything, trying to find, um, you know, a church. And we found one that we went to that we really liked. And, um, we've met, we've gone to another one now that we really like as well. So we've been blessed in that regard to find, you know, people of faith that we can surround ourselves with some great friends. And then, you know, COVID hit and kind of struck us all off guard. So, um, we were, we were thankful that all of that happened in the time frame that it did, because if we were still in Missouri and had put that move off a year and COVID hits, we're, we're probably not down here. We're, and we're probably never going to make that move. So we were just thankful for the timing uh, of all that that happened. And we've been doing pretty well down here. Coach, tremendous story. I just, what, when you said school's a little different, can you elaborate on that for, a, for, for our listeners? 
Yeah, I guess the biggest thing for me as an educator is, and I was talking with one of our other Lead Up Regional coaches on Twitter tonight, Kyle Cavanaugh, um, about testing. And the testing is, is different down here because it's a lot more and it happens a little bit earlier for our kids. And my son came down in third grade last year, my oldest, and they have the FSA, I think is what it's called in third grade. But this is some high stakes testing on these kids. Like if some of them don't pass, they get held back or it, it starts to put a lot of anxiety on them. And so I didn't find that to be the case in Missouri. I mean, there was some testing, but the standardized testing down here, to be honest with you, is, is a little bit out of control. Um, it's a lot even at the high school level. I mean, it's like there's groups that are testing every single day. Um, so I think that's kind of the what we've had to overcome is just really them getting into a new groove, making new friends, meshing with the teachers, and then just kind of learning the different types of you know instruction that they have down here and the, the pacing of it. Yeah, I think uh, Eric and I are both in New York State where we have uh, the lots. The world of standardized teachers. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> standardized tests are like our second language. We have them every day. Well, a, a lot. I don't know if it's every day, all day, but it, it certainly seems like it for for the most part. So, what, Coach, what is the, the coaching prospects look for you as you move forward? What are your your – I guess, what's the situation look like? What are your expectations? Where do you look to take your, your coaching in the upcoming future? Yeah, I mean, I always want to be involved at some point. And, you know, thankfully, Lead em Up is growing. And, you know, we've got some really big things in store coming up here in the next year or so. Um, wasn't quite sure if I'd honestly be back at coaching at the high school level this year. Um, but, you know, since COVID things have changed and, um, you know, I'm going to be back in, in helping out this year, but now I'm also, you know, doing a lot more regional coaching for lead them up with teams, um, virtually and through other dynamics. And I've got two boys now in first and fourth grade. And so I'm coaching both of their teams. <laughs> um, and I, I you know, I'm, it's going to be at some point here in the near future where, I'm going to have to step away from the high school level because I want to be involved with my kids, you know, while, while they're growing up in the game. And, you know, if lead them up continues on the path there um, that we think it's going to be on and, and that, you know, I'm praying that it goes down, it's going to be too much for, for me to handle with all that on one plate. And, you know, lead them up's just too great of a platform where you can impact so many teams and coaches and athletes and educators that, um, you know, that's really my, my purpose now is kind of making the biggest impact through there. So, you know, I'm gonna, I think if anything's taught us anything in 2020, it's taken, you know, we thought there was going to be a lot happening in March, April, May, and, you know, into February hit and kind of put us on a standstill. So I'm just trying to focus on really those main things and keeping that there, uh, but, you know, keeping the eye down the road as well. Coach, it just seems like the the American educational philosophy re always responds with, well, we've always done it this way, so we're really not going to oh, change yeah. much, right? <laughs> but like listening to these programs, this curriculum, if you could sit down with a superintendent and, and pitch this, 
you know, how would you pitch it to them to incorporate it? And what grade do you think it should be incorporated in? Yeah, that's a great question. We're, we're piloting, excuse me, piloting, you know, lead them up in two schools um, across the country right now. One down here in Sarasota. We got one in Louisiana and we've got another school in Canada. So we're, we're testing things out and going through it. But I, I, I think it can start as early, you know, third, fourth grade. We can see some of the, the concepts build there. But to your point of sitting down with the superintendent or anyone in education in that, in that matter is I would go to one of the, the cliche sayings or the catchphrases that I think we all hear is do what's best for the kids, right? Well, are we really doing what's best for the kids? I mean, let's just be honest. Um, putting them into a room and, and testing them on a standardized test, which are biased and which truly don't measure what they're capable of, is not what's best for the kids. I have a, a poster in my room that says, don't ask me how intelligent I am. Ask me how I am intelligent. And when we really unpack that, we're not doing a good job of finding out how these kids are intelligent. We're, all, we're trying to just put them all through that cookie cutter model. And we're starting to see things change in the workforce of how people are hiring. Because it doesn't matter right now with some of the big companies on where you went to school or what degree you got, it matters what you can do. And so we need to get back to the point of teaching these kids self-awareness, teaching them confidence, how to eliminate the, the limiting stories that we tell ourselves and what can happen there. And so with lead them up, if I'm sitting down with the superintendent, I'm going to say, well, I know that a lot of the decisions that are made might come above your head. But if you're going to be judged on test scores and attendance and all of that, wouldn't you want to create a more inclusive environment at school? Wouldn't you want to create an environment that kids are excited to be at? Wouldn't you want to do something that teachers actually think that they're valued and that, that what they're teaching has meaning and carries on? Like how awesome would it be to have that that type of culture on your campus. Well, don't you think kids would want to be there every single day? I mean, the answer would be yes, right? And I think when you take a team or you take a class and you take a grade through Lead Them Up and you give them those tools on how they can show up to be green, what does that mean? How do you be a leader? How do you successfully follow? How can you improve yourself? How do you make it fun and exciting? How do you build up a level of enthusiasm that's contagious you know, when that happens, everybody wants to be a part of it. And so when that happens on an athletic court, winning is a byproduct of it. Well, I would think, and my argument would be that if you create that type of environment on your campus and your classroom, that students are naturally going to do better on the test. They're naturally going to pick up on the information better. They're going to take ownership of it. And they're going to, they're going to realize that, you know, I might not like this here. But how I do anything is how I do everything, right? And they're going to start to apply those principles across the board because they're going to realize I can't just be that way in this spot and then show up a different class or a different setting and be a different way. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, that would be kind of where I start is digging into that of, of trying to show what can happen and why it's going to help. Yeah, and Coach, I think part of the thing that I'm hearing in there too which Eric and I deal with all the time is just consistent messaging, right? 
is making sure that one teacher, I mean, I'm starting to throw some of this into my curriculum um, just because it's COVID and I have a lot of extra time on my hands to interact with kids more directly because some of them are online. I can put more in front of them per se. And I think that you're right. I think that that message, if you build the culture around it first, the results will just take care of themselves. But part of that, I think, has to be consistent messaging from all the stakeholders. And that that might be a bigger challenge and one that I would like to dive into, too. Have you guys kind of addressed that at all? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. We've got a virtual rollout that we can do with all teachers and coaches or we have campus days where we'll go in and we'll meet with all the stakeholders and and we'll take them through what's going to happen and why it's important and how to deliver that common language that you're talking about, which is, you know, you're, you hit the nail on the head. That's vital. That's absolutely crucial. So those are some ways that we can bring that in and do that, whether it's in a virtual setting or, or in person. But, you know, we're, we're seeing it now. Uh, we saw a coach today that that's piloting the program talked about how a sixth grade student came up to him and said, I, "When are we doing lead him up again? I can't wait for the next next time we're doing that." So, you know, that's the type of thing that that we like to see and hear, and you know, just kind of reaffirms that you know the kids love it and they're really you know taking away some value when when they go through the exercises. Yeah, I think um, that's actually one of the I was telling Eric a couple of weeks ago, I had a parent actually email me and all of the teachers on our team um, about some of the things that the teachers are doing for their child um, or his or her child at home. And one of the things that they mentioned was some of the lead them up stuff that I've sent home just about staying positive and being ready and, you know, kind of being a good follower, like sometimes you're the leader, sometimes you're the follower, but being prepared and all those types of things. That's and awesome. Th- she was just really excited that um, we were taking the time as a district. I mean, ultimately, it's all the teachers are showing a little bit more empathy. But um, in particular, I was sending messages daily and I still do every single day they get one. But um, she was just really, really excited that we were caring for that part of her child, not just the academic, which I think is such a huge piece, definitely during this time, but at all times for sure. Yeah, I think that's um, where a lot of people find a disconnect. And we try to, that's something I try to constantly hit home to the kids too, is what you said is they're more than a grade. They're more than a test score. And, you know, who they are as a person is what matters most. And it's the same thing with an athlete as as a student or it's an employee. Those people are going to perform better when they feel cared for, when they feel understood and they feel like someone actually values them as a person. Perfect. When they, when they realize they have value. Yeah. Coach. Hey, listen, so we are at 47 minutes and we, I just had such a great conversation. Um, honestly, when we talked about beyond the ball, Eric and I yeah. about starting this thing, it was meant to be about sports. And obviously it is about sports. We've talked some hoops and other things here, but, um, it just goes to show you that in terms of my opinion, um, how deep sports can take us and on what journeys and paths they can take us. Right. So you're into sports and it takes you on 
this lead them up journey, which takes you to a whole different state. It's just truly impressive. Um, and I just love hearing stories like this. I, I just celebrate you coming on and appreciate it so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love talking, you know, lead them up, love talking basketball or just, you know, I love hearing, I'm like, yeah, I love hearing stories uh, of people who enjoy what they do and, and, you know, kind of what's possible when you have faith and you have a vision and you kind of put action towards it. Yeah, Kyle, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, and, and giving us a little taste of, of what lead them up can offer uh, for the listeners and for us. It was great. Um, before we go, we, we ask everybody here and it's going to be interesting. A Missouri guy moving down to Florida. <laughs> so we, right. we're, we're from Buffalo. Yeah, we're Buffalo. So we, we always want to know, are, are you going to be eating the drumsticks or are you going to be eating the wings? <laughs> Every time we order wings, I go for the drumsticks. My wife gets the wings. Oh, what a perfect I'm, combo. Yeah, I'm a drumstick guy for sure. All right. Now, so, we're, uh, Coach, we're counting that one as a drumstick. He goes to my side. We got a little running tally here, Coach. Who's winning so far in your tally? Honestly, if we're going Western New York Buffalo people, it's pretty split down the yeah. down. Actually, it's probably pretty split across all of our guests. I would say for sure. Where do you guys get wings, either in Missouri or in Florida? Ah, I mean, just really at restaurants. But I'm gonna throw something at you here. I'm like, you guys should try this. Do you have an air fryer at all? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's on par with wings with buffalo wings here. So, do you like avocados at all? Yeah. Ah uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Take an avocado. Get a, get a handful of them. Cut them up and slice them like you would like a thick fry or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, get some breading, get an egg to dip it in, and get breadcrumbs. Put those in an air fryer for like 8 to 10 minutes and mix up like ranch with sriracha sauce or something like that in a little dipping. Those things coming out of an air fryer and dipping into a hot sauce are just as good as wings. Oh man! In my opinion, now this we're is, talking. This is this is right COVID, up my alley. This was a COVID experiment for me, and and everyone that's tried it has said they're amazing. So if they don't work, blame it on somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah let, let me know how it goes. Send me a send me a tweet or something. Oh, that's it. great. I mean, anything avocado, I'm pretty into. Um, I don't know, as a homegrown Buffalo Buffalonian, I'm going to say they're going to be the same as wings, but we'll, we'll definitely give it a try. We'll probably be that. dipping them in blue cheese and not the wings. <laughs> okay. That is, That'll that work. Is for That'll sure. work. <laughs> that is for sure. Uh, well, Coach, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, we one of the main reasons we, we wanted to have you on here is we just love seeing the stuff you're doing on social media and specifically with lead them up. I'm, I'm a user, I'm a member of the group and just think the stuff is super powerful. So anything that we can do moving forward to help, you know, get the word out there or anything of that nature, just let us know. Likewise, I'm here for you guys. Anything that we can do to help support you and what you're doing with your teams or in school, just reach out at any time. We're here to serve you guys. And, you know, I applaud you for everything that you're doing and, you're the reason why we do what we do. All, All right, right, Coach. Thanks for coming on, man. Congrats right. and good luck. Thanks for All talking, right. guys. Yeah, good time. Thanks, Coach. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, 
the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. 